0: Welcome in lacrosse fans to the 7th episode of the Utah Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Haslam, current sports information director for the Utah men's lacrosse team. The team hosted Boise State last Saturday in the 2018 home opener. The Utes jumped out to an early lead off a quick start and cruised to a 25-5 to victory over the Broncos. Here are Coach Holman's thoughts after the game. What was uh, what was the key in today's game?
1: I, I think the key's just been what, what, what it's been, it's just that you know, play hard, Execute the details. Um, continue to play together. You know we we have a word on our back, one, which which has a meaning for our guys. And I thought I thought we did a lot of that. I, I thought we started out hot. I do think we got a little tad selfish on, on a couple of possessions early, uh, and then we cl- didn't clear the ball well early. But 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 we you know we addressed that, and and as the kids have done all year up to this point. They responded to the corrections and the coaching, and then they went out and executed. So I think it's a little bit of everything. Sure. Uh,
0: you know, we're uh, the number one team in the country coming off 6-0, you know, um, getting some, some really big wins. How do you keep the team humble? How do you keep them grounded so that, uh, you know, a team doesn't catch them?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think two things. I think we have a coaching staff that, that understands how to be in that position, right? Uh, so, so the messages we're sending right now are no different than the messages sure. we sent in October. You know, uh, it's team first, it's the next play. Um, there was a quote uh, out this week that we shared with the team that I really loved. Um, and I'm going to, that's the quote of, but Tim it was something on the lines of, you know, they can they they can say what they want and people can believe what they want. Uh, we need to get better, a little bit better every day. And that's kind of been the mantra we, you know, we have goals on this team and and, uh, and again. And I know I'm talking a lot, a lot about this, but it's not just one thing. It's, we have goals that that on this team that we haven't even come close to achieving yet. So, so I think I think we know right where we are, uh, and if and if we don't, if I sense it, we'll, we'll fix it. No.
0: The Utes have two Pac-12 opponents coming to town this week. First on Thursday, the Utes will host the Oregon Ducks. The game will begin at 7:30 p.m. at Judge Memorial High School in Salt Lake City. The second game is Saturday against the Washington Huskies. The game will be a doubleheader with number one Juan Diego taking on number two Park City in high school action at 1 p.m. The Utes will follow, and the game will begin at 4 p.m. Both games will be held at Judge Memorial. Our guest for today is sophomore defenseman and captain Seth Neilman. Neilman hails from New Canaan, Connecticut. Seth is an animal on the field and is frequently in the mix in ground ball scrums. In this episode, we talk about balancing time between family, lacrosse and school, what it's like to be a captain, Seth's origin story, and route to Utah and more. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us. You mentioned uh, you mentioned you had a test today. Tell tell the people what uh, what it was all about and and what's your, what what is your major?
2: Well, my major is uh, finance right now, and uh, the test was on corporate finance. Been studying for a while for it, and uh, you know it it wasn't easy, but hopefully we <laughs> scraped out a decent grade. Sure.
0: Um, talk about talk about uh, the balance between uh, lacrosse and school, and then you know you like uh, our last guest Aaron are married. How do you balance those those three things? You know, family life, lacrosse, and school.
2: It's definitely uh, time management. Something I learned a lot on my mission, where you gotta can't cut off one thing. You gotta give each thing the time is needed. So, um, unfortunately, my wife gets upset sometimes when I'm up late studying or. I we have morning practice and I missed something, but she's very, very supportive in the whole thing. And it's difficult at some times to kind of balance academics because I want to maintain a good GPA. But you know, if you do everything you can, then it ends up working out at the end.
0: Uh, along those lines, um, we we spent some time together in the airport, and you've got a summer internship up for the summer. What
2: uh, tell, tell the fans out there what uh, what you've got planned? Um, I will be going to New York City, and I'll be doing investment banking. And it was, uh, it was kind of a lucky shot that I got this because uh, somehow I got my foot in the door with an interview, and the guy that was interviewing me, he had three sons that played college lacrosse. And so when he saw my resume and that I played college lacrosse, that kind of just uh, opened so many doors for me, and luckily I was able to getting an offer, and I gladly accepted because that's a once-in-a-life time <laughs> opportunity for me. Sure. Living uh, living a summer in New York City. Not too bad. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to yeah. be a great time. It'll be good. A
0: little Make up for a little lost time with your wife, maybe. Yeah, she'll, she'll be happy about that. She's excited, too. Good. Uh, along those lines, what does what a, a typical week look like for a, for a Utah lacrosse player? You know, uh, between lifts and practice and film and all that, what, what could, uh, you know, maybe a kid who comes in next year or, or someone, what would
2: they expect uh, a typical week to look like? Um, When I think about lacrosse and the day-to-day and weekly schedule, it's kind of like a full-time job, but it's a job that you love to do. It's a job that you're excited for. You get this adrenaline rush. You get this smile on your face because you're going to work with your best buds. And uh, sure, it is very time-consuming. You're going to be sore. You're tired, but you'll have a smile on your face, and you're not the only one there going through those feelings. You've got 40 other brothers that are going through the same thing, and it's an amazing experience. and I'm so grateful for the opportunity.
0: Sure, uh, so today today is a Monday. Uh, what what time do you what time do you normally wake up?
2: Um, today uh, I woke up around 7. We didn't have morning practice because uh, coach wanted us to get a good rest in. so I woke up a little later at 7 and then I got ready and I came to school and I studied for my accounting class that I had. I wanted to review the notes so that I'd be on point in class. And then after that, I quickly heated up my lunch that I brought and started reviewing last-minute review for my finance exam around 2, and then from I had the test from 2 to 3.30. And usually I can run home right for Lyft and try to eat something, but I ended up just getting something here on campus because I'd have to be here for the podcast, and then we have a lift at 6, and then we have film right after defensive film um, from 7.15 to 8.00.
0: And then at eight o'clock, you go home, uh, hang out with your wife a little bit,
2: maybe study a little bit, and then same thing tomorrow, more yeah, or less, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> Shower up, eat, hydrate, and then tomorrow morning we're back at it in the a.m. We're practicing, and it's beautiful outside, so I love morning practices.
0: Been unseasonably warm this uh, this winter, right? Only a few snowstorms. Um, what do you? So, so two questions. First is I want to talk about uh, you know you mentioned you have defensive film. What? What, uh, what are those film
2: sessions like? So, so this one's defense only, I assume, right? Yeah, we'll have all the middies. We want all the middies there. We're just going to go over Boise State film and all the defensemen. So it's that's, that's the group there. And usually Coach gets already has the film cut up from stuff he wants to show us specifically. But, and we just go over and see what we could do better. And usually he introduces a new scheme.
0: What, uh, is it a lot of, is it a lot of coach gets talking or is it kind of like, a Hey, S- Hey Seth, you know, we're going to show you this clip. Uh, what do you think you could have done better? Or, you know, here's what I would have done. How does that, how does that interaction work between the coach and the player? Um, sometimes it's a, like
2: a Q and a where like, I would ask coach in this situation, uh, this guy was coming down the backside. So I was splitting two. Do I slide there or do I hold my ground? It's kind of us walking through what we should do. And he, uh, paints a clean image of how we should be approaching the situation and other times he has certain things where he wants us to work on certain footwork that he cut up specifically for us to work on.
0: So uh, thinking back to the Boise State game there was a play where you had the ball come across the midfield line you did a behind-the-back pass that didn't work out but then you chased the guy down and got it. So in that case what do you think what do you think Coach will say? You know maybe maybe get hard on you for trying the pass, but then praise you for for getting the ball back? Or do you think it'll be some different message?
2: Yeah, that was an <laughs> interesting play. I'm just glad I got the ball back. Um, I was in, yeah, he'll definitely tell me to either don't throw that pass or hit the wall a lot more so I can complete that pass. <laughs> okay. But then I'm pretty sure he'll say good effort for chasing it down and not giving up on the play.
0: Sure. Um, you mentioned uh, that that the team has day, uh, morning practices, but then uh, there's also been night practices. Which one do you prefer?
2: Uh, personally, I am a morning guy, so I love the morning yeah. practices. I know uh, Coach Holman, Coach Brian Holman. He is also a morning guy. Uh, I like to go to get in bed around 9:30, 10. So I'm asleep by ten thirty and start my day out early. But you know, night practices are always so much fun. We call them midnight oil, and it's it's just so much fun just be in the grind so late at night
0: sure you know those those Thursday nights uh, team practices from 10 to midnight and then uh, you know some guys will stick around till till a little later so yeah is pretty late Um, let's let's uh, let's shift to the Boise State game you know the team the team played Boise State last Saturday uh, come away with a a 25 to 5 win Um, what were some positives that that you saw the team uh, kind of achieve in that game
2: I think one of the big things that our team has achieved this year is not playing the scoreboard. Whether we're up by, we're down by a goal, or we're up by 20, we don't really play the scoreboard as if we're, oh man, we're just doing great right now. Let's just take the uh, take our foot off the gas. We just keep doing what we need to do. As coach likes to call it, we play Utah across all the time until they kick us off the field, and that's how it should be. That's how we can be our best and. When we face uh, an opponent that's really, really good, we'll be able to stand toe to toe to them and hopefully come out victorious.
0: Two games, uh, two games this week. Uh, we got Oregon on Thursday and then Washington on Saturday. Um, not necessarily ab- about the opponents themselves, but what are you, what are you trying to look for? What are you trying to hope to accomplish
2: in in these next two games? Uh, we just want to play our best lacrosse, and something that we focus on in practice is competing with ourselves if we like if our offense is so good and they make the defense so much better because they make us play people like Josh Stout, Aaron, these kids that are so athletic and quick that when we get on the field the competition isn't at the same level as when practice and something really funny in practice is that coach always says he's gonna this is the hardest thing that you'll go through this season's practice and I remember smiling in the fourth quarter and most of our game saying I'm not even tired right now because practices are so much more intense. And by the time we get to the game, this it's really not that physically demanding or mentally demanding because we've already gone through situations way more intense.
0: Yeah. I, I've talked in previous podcasts. I, I think the coaches like, that's what gets them excited is thinking of these different situations to put you guys through in practice. And that's one of my favorite parts of practice is to seeing what, what they'll come up with. Um, when you're when you're in some of these defensive drills against against the offense, um, you know, do you do you kind of do you kind of talk to maybe Josh or the other attackman and say, hey, it would really help, you know, you can get more open if you do this, or is there or is it like a strict competition, like, hey, man, I'm out here to beat you, I, I'm gonna get you.
2: I oh, don't know, we don't talk when we play against each other. <laughs> it's it's just like a game. We don't talk to each other. On um, we're on the sidelines getting water, we'll say nice goal or nice takeaway. But when we're on there, it's it's mono e mano who offense versus defense, who can <laughs> clear the ball, or who can put it in the back of the net. Sure. Which is fun, it's competitive.
0: Sure. Um, last year, uh, you know, you were um, on the team as a, and played mostly as a long stick midy, or, and then even took a bunch of face-offs. And then this year it's been more close D. Um, How has that transition been? Uh, do you like it? Would you rather play LSM and, and face off, or do you like playing, playing close D?
2: Um, facing off was fun. Sure, I didn't win that many. As a lefty, taking faceoffs against a righty wasn't really the best situation for the team. We just make it a 50 50 ground ball. Sure. and Worked sometimes, but having Mike there is <laughs> really nice when we win <laughs> 70, 80, right. 90% of the faceoffs. But from switching to LSM to more close, it definitely was a little bit of a change for me because you're so involved as LSM. You're in every mm-hmm. clear, you're on every. Uh, wing and the face off scrum you're doing a lot of more transition sure. so I w- found myself I wasn't running up and down the field as much but uh, I really do enjoy close it took some time to get adjusted to guarding people at X especially people like Josh Stout who mm-hmm. <laughs> are super explosive, explosive and if you're a step behind him he'll take one to the net on you so it took me a, a little bit of time to adjust to that because I've never really played consistently at Uh, Close, But uh, I really do enjoy it. I love being close to the goalie. We can communicate often with the other defensemen. And when you're kind of already set on the defensive side and the middies come over, you have an easier sense of letting them know where they should be because you've been standing there for who knows how long. So you know exactly where to place them. So it gives you more time to think about it instead of just – as an Alice, I'm running in on the fly. You take him. You take him. <laughs> let's let's sure. stop them right now. It's more strategic, I think. Sure.
0: Uh, after that first game against Cal Poly, I, I think if I recall, I, I said, hey, Seth, good game. And you said, I didn't even touch the ball. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and I, you're kind of disappointed. But uh, I, I think you've uh, adjusted well to that close D. And um, I think you've touched the ball a lot more in, in these last few games. So um, def- definitely uh, exciting. Who's got the faster shot? We all know Aiden has the fastest yeah. deep hole shot, but between you and uh, Chris Belcher.
2: Oh, Belcher does. <laughs> Belcher's Belcher's an offensive animal. Uh, he's, he's definitely stepped in the LSM role really well. He's an offensive threat. He can take the ball off of anyone, and he understands the defensive schemes really well, and he can shoot it really fast, like <laughs> you said. Um, that's one thing I'm working on developing right now is my offensive game shooting reps in, but you know,
0: sure. Along. Yeah. I, I mentioned to coach McDermott the other day that I'd love to see a man up play with you, Belcher and Aiden up top Oof. and, uh, and just winging it from outside. Oh, man, that would, be, that would be great. <laughs> maybe, <Or> maybe chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day we'll see it. You never know. Uh, what's, what's it like being a captain on this team? You know, uh, Aaron and Gus, our, our previous two guests had been, were captains last year, but, uh, so, so, so talk to me about, um, first of all, getting named a captain. And then second of all, what what it's been like or, you know, uh, how it's been for you.
2: Uh, being named captain was definitely one of the more humbling experiences of my life. Just because I didn't really see it coming when we had all these great recruits coming in, I kind of just put my head down and I got to be the best I can so that I can, hold for A, hold on to my spot and B, we could be a successful team or sure. vice versa. Those yeah. were just my two main priorities. Um, and then when it happened, I kind of had to step out and uh, surveyed the area and it's really been a humbling experience in that I've learned a ton being a captain you can't be someone that just screams at people all the time because some players respond to that differently other people you have to put your arm around them and talk them through the situation let them know it's okay and it's just an interesting balance and it's been a great way for me to kind of get to know every single player and how they respond and it's also with uh, with a great privilege of being a captain comes with great responsibility and I love it it's it's so great to work with two great captains
0: how often are you guys talking how often are the captains communicating uh,
2: back and forth you know and then what are, what are you guys communicating about what are you talking about oh well, we we text almost every day and then okay. we always get be, get together either before or after a lift before or after a practice and we kind of just put a focus on what we want from the team um, for example, we all wanted to reach out to a few d- different players that w- could help guide the team and help bring up the tempo in some aspects, whether it's on offense or on defense. And it was really cool how we could coordinate it and really brainstorm forms that we could use other players to help uh, strengthen the team. What? Uh what
0: what are the different aspects uh you know coach holman said you got the three captains you gus and aaron are, are all very different what do, what do you see being your strength as a captain and then maybe what are maybe some of the strengths that gus and aaron bring to the table um
2: uh, let me think that's an interesting <laughs> question um for me i i think uh positive i have is i don't really hold grudges if someone makes a mistake i'm quick to uh like give them a teaching point and then we move on and i think that's great because i love every single person on my team no matter what they do i'm i got their back and i know they have mine and i think that's something that's uh great because i've had captains in the past where a is screwed up mm-hmm. or he. Maybe made a bad pass or lost the game, and there's kind of that tension between that player and that captain. Um, I'm not saying any of the captains hold grudges, but I think that's just one thing that I'm always looking the best in the teammates. Uh, Aaron and Gus, they're amazing captains. It's it's they're way ahead of me, and they're such great leaders. Uh, Gus, he's definitely the rah rah guy. Yeah, he knows how to give great pump up speeches and. Get step everyone, put everyone on the line for sure. And Aaron, he's just the kind of example. He's always doing everything right on and off the field. He's always thinking about lacrosse. (laughs) Every time I see him, he's watching a lacrosse video, which is admirable because there's so many other things that we could be thinking about. he's always just focused on the team and lacrosse. And I'm so blessed to have those two guys next to me. Aaron Aaron
0: is the lacrosse database on the team, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just find it funny. We'll be on a bus trip or or somewhere in the airport or something, and he'll come up to Coach Kittleman and say, "Hey, remember that one game of your sophomore year against blah blah blah, and you did this against blah blah blah? What were you thinking, you know?" And Coach Kitts will just kind of be like, "I don't know, <laughs> you know," because Aaron just ha- he knows everything. He, everything. He, he does. He remembers it all. Um, anything else you wanna you wanna talk to about about the team specifically? Any any other points you wanna make? Um, let
2: me think. Uh, this team is definitely special because every one of these guys took a leap of faith coming out here. There was no nothing guaranteed. They were going D1. The only thing guaranteed was that we had an amazing coaching staff and that they were going to give it all they had. And it's just so funny how we come from so many different places, but we all uh, live the same way. We all work the same way and we all have the same work ethic <clears throat> and we're together and we, we've we only known each other for less than a year but it feels like we've been friends forever so it's it's a really special bond and it's definitely something special that could only be formed with such great work ethic.
0: Perfect. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, like you said lots of different guys from lots of different backgrounds. I think we have 17 states uh, represented currently. um Let's, uh, let's transition into the second part of the show, you know, where we talk about just kind of lacrosse in general and uh, lacrosse in the West. So tell, tell us your origin story. When did you start playing lacrosse? Why did you start playing it? Uh, did you always play D or LSM or did you start as a different position? Uh, just, just kind of tell us that story.
2: So I was actually born here in Salt Lake, and when I was five, my family moved out, out east. And my brother, he actually started playing lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, he started paying, playing in, like, sixth grade And so I've started playing lacrosse since since second grade, and where I'm from, New Canaan, it's just kind of one of the sports that you play in the spring, and there's just so many great examples in my town that went to great places, um, I think what are their origins, um, did you always play D? Did you always, or did you start at like midi or attack? I did play midi. I played midi up till uh, I think seventh grade. And then one of our best defensemen got hurt. I think he blew his knee out or something. And we didn't have another defenseman. So I stole one of my brother's D pulls <laughs> and showed up to practice one day. And coach looked at me like, What are you doing? What is that? He's like, and I was just smiling and said, I want to play defense. Okay, we'll leave that on the ground, <laughs> and uh, we'll come back to that later. And by the end of that day, I was uh, playing close to defense, which was a dream come true because my brother had played it his whole life, and I was getting sick of getting beat up on I just wanted to start going full-time, uh, hammering other people.
0: Sure. Um, so then, you know, uh, seventh, eighth grade, you become a, a defender, getting into high school, uh, did you play other sports in high school or just lacrosse?
2: I did. I, I played football, which we won state my senior year, which was a great experience played strong safety and uh, receiver. And then I also played basketball up to junior year. Um, wasn't the biggest of uh, basketball is one of my favorite sports to play, but where I'm from, we're not so good and I can't stand losing. So <laughs> I just started playing uh, recreational basketball, Y ball, which was a ton of fun. Cool.
0: Um, and then at what point did you, did you say, I want to play lacrosse in college? You know, did you try to play lacrosse or football in college, or was it, hey, you know, I, I like football. I'm going to continue to play for high school, but I'm really going to focus on lacrosse. Was there a turning point in your
2: life when, when you realized that was the case? I loved all my sports I played. I definitely wasn't good enough to play basketball or uh, football in college. Um, I started thinking about wanting to play College across my junior year. Um, I, well, I got first team all state, and I was like, I guess I'm not too bad at this. And so I thought about it, but everyone told me recruiting is too late. They recruit freshman, sophomore year, and I hadn't played summer ball at mm-hmm. all. I'd go out and work here in Utah, actually. And so my senior year, my coach told me to pull it together, highlight reel of my senior year, and he sent it out to a few coaches. And uh, Coach Toomey at Loyola, he saw it and he asked me to come down. So me and my dad, we drove down to Baltimore, uh, right, out th- right down there. And we got the most amazing tour. It was a beautiful campus. Um, it was a beautiful lacrosse facility. They had just won the championship. And we loved every second of it down there. And two days later, Coach Toomey called me. I was with all my buddies. I remember this moment very vividly, and we were in this Jeep with no roof on it, no doors, and we were driving, from, <laughs> driving home from Cliff, jumping, and he said, Hey, Seth, would you want to be a Greyhound? And I said, Yes, Coach. And then the conversation and all my friends, we just went crazy. <laughs> uh, and the reason why that worked for me is because I had uh, decided to go serve a, full, a full-time mission for the LDS Church in Brazil. So it's as if he was recruiting me as if I was a sophomore, which worked out perfectly, and uh, it was it was definitely an exciting time because I loved how Loyola played defense. Joe Fletcher was one of my favorite players, so it was definitely a very uh, exciting time for me. Sure.
0: Uh, so prior to that, uh, you know, your brother went to BYU and, and played lacrosse there. Were you were you planning on going to BYU if if Loyola hadn't have called? If...
2: Um. You know, I've always been a Ute fan, but (laughs) I definitely had entertained the thought of going to BYU uh, just because it was the best lacrosse out west, Sure, and uh, it was definitely attractive because as an LDS kid, there's a lot of LDS people out there, which uh, seemed he had a good time and some of my siblings went to BYU, so it was definitely... an option for me.
0: Sure. Uh, so you go on your mission and, and during that time, if I remember correctly, you
2: decide, uh, maybe Loyola isn't the best fit. Is that right? Yeah. That was one of the hardest decisions of my life. I would been a year and a half in my mission in Brazil and I had been pondering and praying a lot about it. And on my mission, I kind of, I fully grasped the importance of family. My mom had moved out to Utah, I had a few siblings lived out in Utah and my grandparents that I admire and love so much. They were getting old and my grandpa had suffered a stroke right before I left on my mission. and so after praying a lot, I decided that going out to Utah would be the best decision for me and my future just because Lacrosse had kind of fallen down a little bit on my priorities it had sure. my family had definitely taken a step up after. Doing all of that time in Brazil, and I emailed Coach Toomey, letting him know that because of personal reasons and for family, I would be headed out west.
0: And then what? Uh, what did that conversation look like uh, with your dad? Because if I remember right, that's kind of when it sparked the the thought of uh, maybe trying to you know make the University
2: of Utah go Division One. Yeah. So. I had actually bounced the idea off my dad a few times because I expressed my interest in coming out closer to family. And my dad, he's one of the most busy guys you've ever met. He flies to Brazil and Portugal and wherever business calls. Yeah. But he would literally miss none of my games in high school. He was at every single football, basketball, across game. And he was so dedicated he loved watching me play and I really uh I really loved having him there support me and he made me tough and he definitely made me a better player because he showed that commitment does make a difference and so I think he wanted to keep watching me play he also loves making an impact in people's lives and so I told him I wasn't really sure about going out to Loyola and I think that's when he started doing his, his side <laughs> sure. of the bargain. Sure. And the rest is history. Rest I, is I think history. what
0: happened is well documented, so I don't know that we need to to get into that. <laughs> but um, what uh, what has been your greatest lacrosse accomplishment so far? Wow.
2: Um, I would have to say my junior year in high school, uh, the defense had an average goals let up of, Four point, I think two. Four point two, which in the FCEC where there's Greenwich, Darien, Fairfield Prep, um, we play Avon Old Farms, we play uh, Don Bosco, we play all these pretty big lacrosse schools. To have that low of a goal against was a huge accomplishment, especially as a de- defender. That's the goals yeah. that we strive for. And then another one is probably winning F.C.X. where we. uh, We beat uh, Darianne for the first time in seven years, Wow! my junior year. And unfortunately, my senior year, we lost them three times, (laughs) two times in overtime and in the state championship. So, but those were probably the... And then, of course, last year was one of the greatest achievements ever, a team that had gone five and nine before. And then how a coaching staff can make such a big difference and impact on uh, the team and that we could even go to the uh, national tournament and j- lose to the reigning champs by one goal.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, huge, huge accomplishment last year. Um, definitely, uh, maybe performed well above maybe what on paper they should have, but. Um, what uh what a what, a, what a, talk about lacrosse in the West. You know, you you said you were born here, um, you know, you obviously have had family here this whole time. So maybe a unique perspective of growing up on the East Coast, but did you still keep tabs on stuff happening out in the West? And and maybe along those lines, what did what did you know some of your colleagues or teammates say when you're
2: said, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna play lacrosse at Utah? Um it was definitely a shock. A lot of my friends that were playing college we were kind of wondering what the heck I was doing mm-hmm. leaving uh, Loyola and going out west they thought I was kind of giving up my dream um, but it now they're super supportive especially now that the announcements come out and they've seen our coaching staff and how uh, great they are. Uh, lacrosse out west is definitely a little different. Out east, everyone knows what it is, and if you're on the team, everyone knows who you are in the town. Sure. Whereas here, if you say you play lacrosse at Utah, they're like, "Is that the sport, the basket on the stick?" <laughs> and kind it's of true. They do exactly. That's what <laughs> they say. And but it's it's cool because it's grown so much, and especially now that it's being sanctioned as a high school sport, you can see that people are gaining more and more interest, and it's. Now, like last year, you'd walk around to the University of Lacrosse, backpack, and no one would say a thing to you. But today, day to day, two or three people ask you how the season's going, whether it's a teacher or just another student. People are definitely more aware that times are changing and lacrosse is growing rapidly out here.
0: Sure. There's a lot of talk about uh, you know, women's lacrosse in the Pac 12 because this is the first season where they've had their own conference that's an official Pac 12 conference. Uh, What would would you think would be the the key to maybe seeing that on the men's side? You know, that's obviously the hope. That's obviously the goal. But what do you you see happening, you know, five, ten years down the road? Do you you envision a a full Pac-12 conference, or do you think it will be, you know, maybe still only four or five schools like the women's side?
2: Um, I would hope that it would have its own conference, but personally I think that it will be around uh, four just because, first of all, how fast we went D1 is uncomparable no other program's ever done it that fast sure but and I think it's just going to take a little more traction um but I definitely think us going D1 will incentivize and motivate other programs too but uh it will just take a little bit more time, I think, for more Pac-12 teams to catch on. But who knows, you know, maybe they're in the, the plannings right now. They're putting together the details. Uh, we won't know until it actually comes out. Sure.
0: And it's times. exciting of, time. It's kind of fun to, to think about who might, who might be next in that, uh, in that line. Uh, let's talk about the pillars of the team. Uh, there's the five pillars. Uh, I'm not going to make you name them because I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I know you know them. What's, what's your favorite pillar? Oh, my
2: favorite pillar? words are so great Um, I think the one that is something that you need to constantly focus on and my favorite because it definitely puts the biggest smile on my face is gratitude Uh, there are so many things in this world to be grateful for uh, especially thinking that I couldn't be imagine if I wasn't playing lacrosse all the things that I'd be missing out on and I'm so grateful for Everything, whether it's my family, uh, this amazing school, the coaching staff, my teammates. And when you think about all the little things and how they impact you, even hard things, the difficulties that we have in life, it makes it a lot easier to get through. You're a lot more grateful, and you give stuff much more value, and you're much more happy. You're way more happy when you uh, value everything that happens in your life.
0: I know uh, you know obviously you know as well but being a ground coach holman that's definitely something that i sense from him a, a ton is how much gratitude he has you know that uh, i was calling the game and for the broadcast and came down on the field and i, I said coach you know what what was your, what were your first thoughts about the game he said i'm grateful that for all the people that came out you know it didn't have to do with anything with the team just yet and obviously he was happy with the performance on the field but he was just grateful for, the, for all the fans that came out. You know, there was a lot of different stuff going on in Utah that day, but just thankful that, that they came out. And so I think that uh, that's probably one of his favorite, his gratitude as well. Um, what, uh, you ready for the rapid-fire questions?
2: Uh, here we go. Okay. What, uh, what is your current stick of choice? What are you um, playing with? Um, right now I have the String King 2D. Uh, Coach Gittleman got me hooked on it. He gave us the first one free, and now I've just been <laughs> breaking him and buying them ever since. But for me, it's more how it's strung. And got to give a shout-out to Chris Belcher. He, that guy is an amazing uh, stringer coach Gitz has taught the team the basics of string so i know how to now fiddle with it but <laughs> i trust chris with my stick sure uh and and are you on the the
0: black mamba train where they're black uh, black mesh black head black shaft
2: yeah you know they've they've got me on it so <laughs> i kind of like it it's kind of grown on me i used to just like white shoes white socks white gloves white stick but mm-hmm. black mamba definitely grown on me good
0: um, what is your favorite part about Utah that's not reclo- uh, lacrosse related? Um, so so uh, when, when I say Utah, I like the state,
2: yeah, but then yeah. I'm also going to ask you about the school. So. Okay, definitely. Um, I definitely love the outdoors. Um, I love to go skiing. It's a, so amazing. And Going up to Zion is something very special. It's one of the most beautiful places, and I grew up going there every summer and working on a ranch. So it was a lot of fun and just kind of a place where you can become one with
0: nature. So then what's your favorite part about the University of Utah? It's not lacrosse
2: related. I really love the business school. I just, it's a new structure. It's super clean, brand new. There's a lot of space, a lot of different teachers, well run, um, so many different options in career paths and extracurricular acrylic Like different activities you can do. For example, they have this thing called the Student Investment Fund, where a donor donated, um, I think it was two hundred thousand dollars a few years ago, and that the students actually pick stocks, they pitch it, and then they actually invest in them. And it's already grown to around six hundred or eight hundred grand. So it's kind of a real life opportunity that looks great on your resume, and you learn a ton. So I just love the business building and the the whole business school and how many options it has for
0: us. Uh, One of my favorite stories about you is my brother was down at Costco, and he ran into you, and you were buying four or five blenders, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, you were going to make a,
2: what was it? Acai. (laughs) Acai business. Did that ever take off? Were you doing that? So I, uh, I have all the blueprints for it. Acai is this amazing berry that's grown in the Amazons of Brazil. And living in Brazil, I ate that stuff every single day and became addicted to it and wanted to, you know, Sure. sell it here on campus, but I had gotten another internship with this uh, uh, firm that was buying out a soccer team in Europe, so I had to put it on hold especially once I got called to be a captain, the season started, but it's definitely something I can see in the near future as like a cool business It was a, it's a lot of fun to like dream about <laughs> different businesses and sure. how uh, everything maybe, will respond. Maybe next fall you get that off the grill. Yeah, definitely <laughs> it's definitely uh, more of a some it's like more of a cold thing that you eat, but it's crazy how people just line up the door for, uh,cai bowls. Sure. Uh, you, you mentioned uh
0: you mentioned European soccer, so that led me to my next question. What's uh what's your favorite sport outside of lacrosse? What do you what do you find yourself paying the most attention to? Uh, I
2: I love watching hockey. I if there was really? one a sport I could have played. It would have been hockey, just because it's. So entertaining and how they're so aggressive, but it's an art and how they ski and how they use their sticks. And going to a hockey game is one of the most fun things because it's a really enclosed uh, arena, and so it just gets so loud and your sure. adrenaline starts pumping. Sure, kind of like the NLL, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, and
0: anything else you want to mention?
2: Any other any other topics? Um, I just want to uh, thank the coaching staff. I'm. It's really just such a honor to play for them and learn from them. and They have so many different experiences. Um, they're all very different in different ways. Uh, one funny thing that I've always noticed is how uh, Coach Brian Holman, he's always talking about something and Coach Marcus Holman, he automatically knows exactly what he's going to say. <laughs> uh, he knows exactly what his dad thinks and how he thinks. So it's kind of cool to see how they're linked but also how coach Marcus Holman he has his own trail and how he has his own coaching techniques his own stories and his own life and uh coach Manny he's he's awesome and how he he gives you a reality check if you do something wrong you're doing something wrong. he'll let you know he's not going to let you keep doing it which sure you run into a brick wall right right when he says it to you right off the bat but you know, he's just telling you that because he wants you the best you can possibly be. And it's definitely a different coaching tactic, but it's it's how he is, and I, I love it. Uh, and Coach McDermott, he is the man. He helps our faceoff guys out so much, and winning faceoffs and winning wing ground balls is one of the biggest parts of the game. And that's why we were able to drive the score up so high is just because he's pushing those faceoff guys – so hard that when it comes to the game, it's nothing. I can just see the face-off guys huffing and puffing in the corner, and you can tell he has a ton of knowledge on facing off, and he has great success in the collegiate level, and he just brings this fiery aspect to the team, and we're so grateful to have him here. And Coach Gets, I'm, I'm so blessed to have him down there with the defense. He is one of the most creative guys and one of the most experienced he from when he was at Virginia and the MLL, and he just has so much knowledge of the game, and he knows that we can't really com- comprehend everything, so he does simple things so that we can get it, and he, you can tell he spends hours on end with drills, making up drills that will help us understand concepts, and he definitely brings uh, an element of uh, excitement and how he wants us to succeed in practice. He wants us to beat up the offense, because that's how it should be. We should be competing every single day. And of course, Coach uh, Brian Holman. He is the foundation of this entire team. He one of the biggest things I admired. Not even his lacrosse IQ, even though it's great, but it's his spiritual side. You can tell he's a very spiritual and uh, a very spiritual oriented man. And I'm so grateful to have him be there because it's obviously impacts me directly because I, I work so hard to grow my, my spirituality often. And you could tell he just devouts so much to himself and helping others and of course God. And so I'm so grateful for the opportunity I have to play under someone like that who has a great balance of spiritual family and just being such a great person. He always is smiling and makes you feel so, so loved.
0: Absolutely. You know, I've told this story before, but the first time I met him, it was to talk about a press release. And I I just remember getting in the car and feeling so excited about a press release, you know, something so trivial and so simple. Uh, But yeah, it's the exact same thing. It's just, you're willing to do uh, whatever it takes for all the coaches. Um, A couple couple points you made. um, There was a time when we were in Texas where Marcus talked uh, to the team right after his dad. And I couldn't help but think, man, he's just—he's following in his footsteps, you know. Like it was almost—it was almost like looking at Coach Brian Holman, you know, 30 years younger, because <laughs> because kind of their mannerisms are the same. But you're right, he is kind of paving his own path, which I, um, which I obviously love. And then with Coach Gets, I think it's—it's it's interesting to see because he's—he's pretty quiet and pretty reserved. But then, uh, you know, after the game, you'll come say something to him like, hey, you know. The defense only is allowing four point four goals a game, you know, or something like that. And he gets this big smile on his face, and you <laughs> can tell that he gets really proud about that kind of stuff. Um, any uh, anything else? I think that's it. Thanks okay. so much, Tim, for yeah. having me. Thanks
2: for coming on. Where can uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, Instagram, uh, S. Neilman on Instagram. I don't really have a Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I just have. I don't really post anything. I just follow people just so I can get the updated news. (laughs) But just follow me on Instagram, Neilman. Okay. I think a lot of people are like that on
0: Twitter, so don't feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's uh, that's it for uh, today's show. Uh, Follow us on social media, at Utah Lacrosse, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then, again, we have games this Thursday and Saturday. Thursday is against the Oregon Ducks. It's going to be at 7.30 p.m. at Judge Memorial High School. And then on Saturday, it's against the Washington Huskies, so two fun little Pac-12 opponents there. Washington Huskies at 4 p.m. at Judge Memorial High School. And then the number one and number two teams in the high school, Park City and Juan Diego, play each other before. So a nice little doubleheader for the fans. Uh, Both games should be exciting. So come out and join us. If you have any feedback, feel free to send that along through social media or my personal email, tim at UtesLacrosse.com. Thanks for tuning in.